This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl, which of course means fantasy football is officially dead, right? Ooh, no, no, no. Still going strong with one-week fantasy football at DraftKings. The fantasy football season doesn't end until the games do, so while your season-long league is done, it's not too late to draft a new team and win money while doing so. DraftKings is introducing Single Game Showdown, which is the newest way to play one-week fantasy football, and drafting your team is even faster. All you have to do, draft six players, four offensive, two defensive all from one game and of course as always you can choose between public contests with big cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against a group of friends which is what we're going to continue to do each and every week so get to draftkings.com right now to use the promo code bgnr to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total prizes the weekend of the big game that's promo code bgnr to compete for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in prizes Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at ClipIt.tv or check them on Twitter at ClipItTV. You're listening to BGN Radio. Stars up over the ball. This will be it. Stars back to throw. He takes time. He throws over the middle. It's caught at the 15. Running hard to the 7-yard line. And down on the 7 is Jim Taylor. The game's over. The game's over. The Eagles are the champions of the world. Listen. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, hey, hey. We are mixing uh, some things up. I guess this is... I guess when we would do a, a preview show right here. But hey, let's make it BGN Radio 296 as uh, I am with the wonderful and the very handsome, the pepperoni pizza lover himself, Mr. Brandon Lee What's up, Brandon? John, I think this is the first time you and I have done a pod just ourselves and like uh, and and we're actually not doing it like in a game day kind of atmosphere on wip so it's nice this is getting back to the old school kind of feel it is it's uh kicking our feet up and uh stay tuned for the easter egg as we discuss a little bit of uh pizza as we're uh testing out levels and things like that but brandon like it's a i'm still not over sunday I don't think I'm ready to flip the yeah. page yet, and thank God we have two weeks to kind of just bathe in the awesomeness of this football team 
Uh, and you and I were talking this week, and it just seems so odd because, by the way, uh, to all of you uh, wonderful people who listen every single week and are part of our uh, Patreon subscribership, which has been amazing so far, you can check that out, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. We are putting together something really awesome uh, as me and James are kind of slaving away over over a bunch of different uh, audio cuts and, and kind of like a, a big year in review type of thing. Brandon, this team tried to tell us so many times how talented it was, and I don't think any of us really bought into it. Uh, I think we obviously bought into Wentz. Some of us bought into Peterson. Some of us bought into Schwartz and Fletcher Cox and Timmy Jernigan. But, like, you had guys like Zach Ertz. You had guys like, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Graham and, and everybody else saying, I think this is one of the most talented teams I've ever been a part of. Doug Peterson got made fun of, and I know it's been brought up a lot in the last week about the comparison to, to the 96 Green Bay team that he was a part of. And now you're trying to it, – it's amazing going back and listening to what happened in OTAs and training camp and what happened around the draft. Just how many times they said, yeah, we're pretty good. And even leading up through the playoffs – you know, we all we all panicked when uh, Carson Wentz went down and like, how is this team going to go around? They didn't have much to to give you in those last couple of weeks to have a have a ton of tangible faith in what's going to happen with this team. And then the moment that they beat the Falcons, you kind of started to to see all that stuff again. You started to see all that swagger. You saw how loose that they were this past week, and I think that was a a huge advantage. And it's still going to be a huge advantage for them going into the Super Bowl and. I, I don't know, man. I, I just it's amazing reflecting back on this season a little bit and just how talented this team is and probably we how how badly I will say, at least for me, I underrated a, a lot of what this team was able to do this year. I think it's funny too, just some of the stuff we're seeing looking back. You saw that clip that the Eagles tweeted out about Carson Wentz saying to Fletcher Cox in week 17 last season. Yeah. He was like, hey man, next year we go. Next year we go. And they were like, yep, yep. And got to, here. Got to, yeah. And Jason Peters, uh, back when he gets ex- his ex- contract extension during uh, minicamp, he says he thinks the Eagles have a good chance to win the Super Bowl. And Lane Johnson goes out and says that he's going to give beer to everyone if the Eagles win a Super Bowl. Like, he doesn't say that any year. He said it this year. Like, And the Doug Peterson thing that we already talked about, Malcolm Jenkins said it, it wasn't crazy to think the Eagles could make the Super Bowl. That was back in July. You have all these people saying that. I mean, you would, Alshon Jeffrey wasn't even here, and he was saying that, hey, we're going to go to the Super Bowl next year, and everyone thought it was the Bears, but no, it was the team that he was eventually going to end up signing with. Maybe he knew he was coming here. I don't know, but Man, it's crazy how all that stuff has happened. Um, I was looking back to, uh, I, I tweeted this out on, I think, Tuesday night here. I wrote an article. I can remember the day I wrote this article. It was the first Ricky party, the first Ricky lottery party back at um, Miller's Ale House. Uh, before I left my house that day, I wrote an article about how the Super Bowl 52 was going to be hosted in Minnesota. And in the, the headline there, <laughs> I, the subheadline, I put, start planning accordingly, Eagles fans. Like, that was May 20th, 2014. Yeah. I mean, what are the chances of that? Like, it, it just feels almost that this team is destiny. Like, I, was, I think I was talking to James about this in the, the parking lot, the tailgate at the uh, BD, BGN Radio pregame tailgate show in the Jetro lot before the NFC championship game, like James is like, you know, I'm not a big believer in destiny, but I was like, man, you, st- you better like he, I think he was starting to know, like I think he was starting oh, yeah. to believe because 
it's like the way this team has been, uh, it's just it's been nothing short of amazing. And I think it's really uh, it's been a special season, and it's it's really at the point now where. I just have so much confidence. I mean, it started with that Falcons win. Like, that really boosted me up, and I felt good about their chances of beating the Vikings. But then they go out and do that. Like, holy crap, that was the number one defense in the NFL, or supposedly. And they just, like, mopped the floor with them. I mean, it, it was crazy. This team is just on a different level. I think, you know, I, I think back to some of the championship teams we've seen in different sports. I think of like the San Francisco Giants or like the Cardinals when they went on some of their runs. Like you, knew, like you could almost, in hindsight, I guess when they did win, you were like, "Oh, that was so predictable," because they were like on this magical tear. And it feels like the Eagles are on that. Same thing with the Giants, the the New York Giants, not the San Francisco Giants, that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, both of those years, like they were on this magical run where it was like they were just defying everything. Uh, even that Ravens team when they went on the run, and like there, there's just sometimes these teams go on a run and they have it, they have that it factor, and you can't quantify it. But man, it feels like this Eagles team has that. And not only that, but it's like right in front of us almost that they're playing their best football right now, which is crazy to me because <laughs> they weren't literally three weeks ago they were not yeah. playing their best football just like you said they kick the shit out of that team that's probably one of the best philadelphia sports moments that i will ever remember like the yeah. the tension leading up to it but still the belief and everybody felt it in the last couple of days where you just go yeah they're gonna win they're they have it i don't know what it is but they just have it. You, you, you know, the looseness that we talked about, the fact that they were in meeting rooms just dancing around and feeling loose and doing a lot of that. And I tell you what, this, just so people can hear, because I love the quote so much, and, and it's going to be a part of the, the bigger program that we're, we're doing here. But here is Lane Johnson promising to, to buy Philly uh, beer here. Uh, it's a great quote. Well, I, I got a lot to prove to the city. I think we have a few big years, man, and make the playoffs. I mean, if you want a Super Bowl, I mean, hey, I'm giving out beer to everybody. So we, we, we just got to worry about week one and, and focus on that right now. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, this, that's the other part of it. This team is so much fun, and I don't remember having that much fun in the 2000s and 2001s and 2000s and 2003s, and we, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, BLG, but in part, I, I, it's just kind of the, the perfect storm of putting a certain team together, and certainly, when you just feel like a team is going to go and do it, I think it's different for the Red Sox. I mean, that was kind of a team of destiny. Uh, as as a lot of you know or don't know, I'm a huge Cubs fan, and I knew that they were going Traitor. to win. The, I know, I I knew that they were going to win that World Series. I knew it. I just felt it. No matter what, even in Game Seven when it looked terrible and the rain came in, you just knew it's just going to happen because they're playing that way. They're playing loose, and these guys have the same moxie yeah tory smith especially and i know that that for for me to watch that flea flicker and for him to be a part of that and he even tweeted out today he's just like i've never been a part of something so awesome as as this particular play especially in that type of a spot you know alshon jeffrey very loose these guys are so 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 loose but together at the same time like the chemistry that they have built in a short amount of time uh, that we've definitely touched on if you've listened to any single one of our podcasts throughout the season it's there it is for sure there and more or less this is my bigger point why the Cubs were able to pull that off 
they did and we're talking about a curse that's like oh my god you know a hundred plus years of like jesus and we feel the same way here in philly about this super bowl and is it ever going to happen it's guys that have not had those big expectations and do you blg do you kind of remember the the complaints about the alshon jeffrey signing when it first happened uh, like it was oh my god they're just they're just putting a band-aid on this thing with these one-year yep. contracts and da 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 and they're not you know this is a lot different than what they're saying you know this is this is not going to be something that's going to be turned around real fast and then you have a bunch of one-year deals and people started complaining about that and i i can't remember who wrote it but i definitely remember somebody writing an article saying they just want to make Wentz a superstar and they don't care about a super bowl or something like that and it was I, Sielski. oh that's right mike Sielski. who sorry but, mike sorry Mike, who I, I do I do respect a lot. I think he's a great writer and he's a very he's nice a re- guy. really fun guy to talk to in the media house. He gets a lot of crap a lot of the time, but sometimes f- for stuff like that. Um, and I, I just remember sitting there thinking, going like, I, I don't know what this team is going to be, but it's it's certainly not that. And it's all of that different stuff that that kind of shaped our minds in the offseason a little bit. But again, you just go back to. All of these little different nuggets that we're starting to find in OTAs and training camp and stuff like that. And this team was just as loose, just as fun uh, when it started. And more or less, BLG, why Why I think it's it just feels that way. I know I'm still scared shitless of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick because it's them. Whatever it is. Taping practices, not taping practices, whatever you want to throw into the mix. They've been doing this for a very long time. But I also know that this just has the right feel, the right touch, with a backup quarterback, nonetheless. With a backup quarterback that looked like an MVP for four quarters. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to kick off the week, but they, they definitely do have that formula for the guys haven't been here there's not that pressure and I don't I don't even know if it's house money I don't like that term it's just that they they go out there they have fun they do their job and they go win football games I think I just I think there's so little pressure at least maybe comparatively on this Eagles team compared to the Patriots like Patriots have everything to lose this is supposed to be like one of the the best dynasties in football one of the the greatest coach of all time the best quarterback of all time like what does it say about their legacy Especially if this is the end of their run and all that dysfunction from that ESPN article manifests itself this offseason. What if their legacy, their la- like their final run, was losing to Nick Foles and yeah. Doug Peterson? And Seth Wickersham was right. They're they're scared of that. People starting to say that, right? Yeah. But but I mean, like that's embarrassing. Like I, I know I've joked about it. Like they should have to forfeit their titles if they lose to Nick Foles. But seriously, like that's embarrassing. If that's the end of your great legacy, is losing to a backup quarterback. In the Super Bowl, it doesn't tarnish everything, but it surely doesn't leave things on a high note. So I think like all the pressure is on the Patriots to win this game. And, you know, there's part of me like that wonders, like, is there a fatigue with that winning? Does it get less special at this point? <laughs> I, I think our good friend Rich Hill from Pat's Pulpit was kind of talking about like how he didn't expect a lot of Patriots fans to be traveling to this game in yeah. Minnesota as much in the past because they won the Super Bowl so many times now and, and just last year. So, whereas, you know, the Eagles fans, by comparison, are, Man, are that certainly is, that, that going. Is so Boston, by the way. Ah, it is. But he, I don't think he's wrong. Like, <laughs> no, I don't no. think he, I don't like I think there that there's some truth to that. I remember listening to a, a radio interview. I think it was on WIP or somewhere last year. And they had a, either a Patriots fan or some kind of beat writer on. 
And he was even saying, I think it was, this was like the AFC championship game or whenever they played Houston too last year and leading up to the game. And they're like, yeah, it's kind of boring at this point. <laughs> I just can't believe that first of all. And, but I guess there's some truth to that. So I kind of, it makes me wonder about that. It makes me wonder about how the Eagles weren't supposed to be here. And look, it's not a more, it's going to be disappointing if they lose. Like, it's not going to be like, Oh, well, you know, it's not all that bad, but I don't think it would be as bad as say when they went in 2004. I just yeah. remember there was so much pressure on the Eagles at that point because they had been to these NFC championship games and they hadn't gotten over the hump. And then they finally did. And it's like, well, we finally did. We better freaking win this thing. And they didn't. And then you know, you didn't know when they were going to be back and the TO drama and all that, you know, all that fallout and all that just a, a mess. And it's just not the same now. It's Doug Peterson's only in a second year. You have so much more confidence in him at this point, probably than you did at Andy Reid at that point, because you were you saw the bad Andy mm-hmm. at at that time where you couldn't get over the hump and you were like, oh, you're frustrated with this team. It's not that it's not the case at all. You believe in this team, I think, way more. They have that it factor going for them. This isn't you know a Patriots team starting out like they were back then, kind of looking to build that dynasty. The dynasty is already there. They already have their their legacies. You know, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick could retire before the Super Bowl, and they would still be the best head coach and quarterback of all time. Like, I don't know what this Super Bowl really even changes for them in the grand scheme of things. It, it certainly makes them look even better, but it's not. Does it like change the need? Does it move the needle that much for them? I don't think so. I think it's more um, of a personal thing yeah. for all of those guys, and for and I know that like the Boston fan base is going to look at this and go. Come on. I mean, it's just ESPN making crap up and doing that. I I solely don't believe that at all. I really oh, no, do. And then it's not anything new. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. It's just that now it's in it's in public. Like they've been fighting all of these individual battles, which is kind of silly uh, to bring up because it, it started right around that it started around the the taping of all that or the supposed taping of that with the Rams and the Eagles and uh, and then it just kind of blew open a door with uh, with Mangini once it happened and I think I heard somebody on Good Morning Football talk about that very fact is that's when Kraft and Belichick started to have a, a little bit of a headbutting <laughs> was right around then so I I th- I get what you're saying BLG but I think it's for for the first time, it is for the individuals of those three. It is for Kraft and his ego. It's for Brady and his ego, and it's for Belichick and his ego. Now, all of those still intersect at some point. Like, there are still like, hey, you know, we're in this together. It's still Belichick, and he's going to have his the rest of the room ready. But certainly, I think there is uh, more or less for the individual part of this, too. And it's just so weird that... I don't ever want to try. I, I hope that if Philadelphia ever has an opportunity to go on a run like this New England Patriots franchise has to suddenly look and go, yeah, that's just boring now. Like, it, it, <laughs> admire the greatness of what happened. Like, I, I this is kind of what makes me mad uh, uh, about kind of Patriots fans of the now. And listen, it would happen here, too, if it was a bunch of young kids. Like, BLG, you started following the Eagles right around when they were getting great. And if they won all those Super Bowls, I would understand, I think, a lot where the the fan base would come from at some point. But I got to tell you guys, for those that weren't 
old enough to remember what this Patriots franchise was before Bill Belichick got there. It was worse than the Browns are right now. Terrible. I remember getting highlight tapes of sent to me from, you know, Sports Illustrated because my dad subscribed to it and you were you would get these cool videos every year. The the year in review of 1991 and 1992 and occasionally you would have NFL films send you some stuff as well where there would be all these packaged highlights and whatever. And the only things that you would hear from the Patriots is a guy named Andre Tippett. Andre Tippett was one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet in the secondary. Like, just could cover, could hit, could do anything. They literally did nothing with him. Like, the, the fact that that guy is not celebrated uh, in, in the NFL lore is crazy to me. But it's because of, they went through it's 12 quarterbacks, I think, by the time I was from the late 80s until 1996. Six, seven, eight, you know, right around there. It was, uh, it, it, the, the, the crap got them parcels and it got them Drew, uh, Drew Bledsoe. And then, uh, you know, uh, Belichick eventually found his way back there. But that was, that was pretty much it. So, like, from them to go to nothing, and don't let Boston tell you that there was a lot of hardcore football fans there. They wanted to move the team somewhere else. They didn't think – the NFL literally didn't think that it was habitable uh, to, to create a football franchise because it's just not – it's not working out. They were constantly ranked last in the league – uh, forever, forever and ever and ever. I think there was talks that they wanted to move to St. Louis or somewhere else. They just wanted to get out of the Northeast because they're like, football doesn't work here. It's a baseball town. Uh, and then that all changed once Parcells and whoever got there, which just coincidentally, and they timed it up perfectly, ESPN is going to have that 30 for 30 uh, with those two guys on it, with the two Bills, uh, Parcells and Belichick and stuff. It should be a really interesting story. But I hope that in our dearest of dearest hearts, if this is a start of of that, you know, if this is the same transition that the Patriots went through when they beat Kurt Warner and those guys, and all of a sudden, you know, it's Dougie P's turn and he's going to be in control of the NFC and maybe even the NFL. If it is like that, I hope we never, ever, ever go, ah, who wants to see the sixth one? You know, who wants to see the seventh possible Super Bowl title and on and on and on like that? Like, I would, I welcome that uh, constantly in here and I, I i don't know like i think we that's a very lofty goal when looking at this i think things are going to get a lot harder uh, for this team and i thought the most interesting thing was during malcolm jenkins pregame speech which i'm sure everybody's heard by now when he during that Fantastic. Uh, it's just so awesome the best line out of that to me is when he's yelling at everybody and saying this is our last time on this field as this team together this is it. We will not have another game as this group moving forward. And that impacted at least my psyche a lot. I'm like, holy crap, you're right. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to change more than likely. You know, there is still a lot of one-year deals and free agents and uh, more than likely. Now, Nick Foles is probably going to get traded next year. And it would be so surreal to just have this picture of all these guys together and maybe eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, BLG, are not going to be here next year. And I thought that was just an eye-opener of like, wow, just add more to the pot of they do have a really good shot to win the Super Bowl. I also like how he said it doesn't have to be close. It ain't got to be close. Well, (laughs) 
let me tell you, the NFC Championship game was not close. Not close. Uh, I also like how he pointed to the Raptors, and he was like, we have a chance to be up there. I just I like that awareness and be like, you know, this is this is a special year, and, and not only up there as like NFC champions, but the first Super Bowl team in franchise history. Like, just think about that. Like, if you're a player, I think that's awesome. You're going to be immortalized in this town in franchise history, even if you're a guy like you know Kamu Grujay Hill. Like, because that's not a household name by any means, no. although it's a great name. But, like, you'll think back to that season, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy was kicking off because Jake Elliott got hurt in the Cowboys game. And, and he was the first dude and, to throw Gatorade on Doug Peterson in week one. Yeah. After there was controversy. Like, yeah. And, and carrying Jake Elliott off the field. Like, so there's, like, little moments like that. Like, this is your chance to immortalize yourself in history and get yourself paid for some of these guys. I mean, Patrick Robinson, geez, he's going to probably get a, a good contract offer at this point at the way he's played this season. And th- this team is special. It's a special team. I think we have to give Doug a lot of credit for that in terms of, you know, we, we talk about what does being a player's coach mean or, or what does emotional intelligence mean? I think it's a culture that he's fostered here because guess what, John, you're not going to want to hear this, but I don't think this kind of chemistry happens under Chip Kelly. I don't no, think it happens. No, to this it's extent. already been proven. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I just don't think it does because of the, of the way he does things and, and is more regimented. I think, you know, they the players are loose, like you say, and part of that is because Doug lets them be loose. Doug knows when to get on him, I think. He knows when to to push the right buttons and you know, it's not always gonna be easy and nice for everyone, but there's times where he just lets his guys play like like there's no pressure of being regimented or being forced to do this. Like just be yourself and go make plays. I trust you. And and I think that's great. And it's just been it's this green team has been incredible. Um you know, what's, you, know what's, you know what's funny, BLG, is when what? you mention Chip, uh, our uh, our fearless leader at 94 WIP, Spike Askett texts him and he goes, this is what Chip Kelly looks like if it would have worked. Yeah. If it was no, it's That's the weirdest thing about yeah. the Doug Peterson hire. He was like literally what Chip Kelly was supposed to be. He was supposed to be creative on offense. He was supposed to be aggressive on fourth downs. He was, I don't know if he was supposed to be like the Mr. Player guy. I don't think we ever had that sense that he was supposed to be like revolutionary in that regard. Mm-hmm. That was a concern handling, going from, you know, handling college kids and to, to the pro level. So we didn't know about that, but yeah, it's crazy how a lot of those things were supposed to be. And Doug has been that guy and, Man, with each passing game, and I and I tweeted this out today, and I can't believe it. I was, it's been in my head. I'm like, I legitimately cannot wait to see what Doug Peterson is going to do against Bill Belichick, and vice versa. Like that chess match, to think like those two yeah. are going head to head, and to think that like, you know, Doug Peterson isn't like at least going into the game. At least you feel like Doug's not going to be outmatched. He might, he's not. He might not be the superior coach. I mean, Belichick is the is the best, but. You you have some level of confidence in Doug here being like, yeah, Doug's going to figure some stuff out. He'll be able to do some stuff against this team. He's going to give them a good chance. Like, just crazy how we reach this point. And they got to seal the deal. I mean, that's that's yeah. what it is at this point. Like, they they have to seal the deal. This is this is a team that um, I said the pressure isn't there, and I and I believe that, and I think that makes them dangerous because I think the the Patriots there's way more pressure on them, but. Finish it off, man. This is like this is the year. You want to talk about how James always says, you know, when you least expect it. I mean, this has been the least expected year. This has been the most Philadelphia Super Bowl possible. Like, how could you have dreamed it up differently? Backup quarterback, you know, all these underdogs on the team, like Doug and Nelson. 
and these guys like guys who that no one thought could even do this and now it's all happening here like finish the deal yeah and it's crazy that just doug alone is such a weird kind of stretch of takes to get to this point too you know from like this town did not want him here week 10 of the 2016 nfl season and now he might be one of the best coaches in the NFL when it's all said yeah. and done. How would you even rank him? I've been thinking about that. Like, I've been thinking about like off-season articles that are going to come out this year. <laughs> this is how I think. I'm like, where are they going to rank Doug? Like, you have to put him in the top ten, right? I think you could probably make an argument for the top five. And I think if I if I <laughs> had it, crazy. let's just think about this. I'm going to just pop this up. We're we're doing it on the fly here, but I'm going to get a list of NFL coaches. And uh, so, granted, well, it's number no matter what. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um, uh, you're not a think so. Obviously, he he is. Uh, so they. I think Carol is top five. Carol is top five. I would probably put. So let me just see as we're looking because for the win did there. So there might be some yeah. that are yeah one and two is Pete Carroll. I, I yeah. don't think I'd argue with that. Uh, they have Mike McCarthy at three, which is outrageous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I wouldn't I, even put him in the top ten. No, there's no Maybe way I would do the top that. Half. Uh, Mike Tomlin at four, and no. I'm going to disagree with that. Andy Reid, especially after this year. Yeah, Andy Reid five. I would put um, Andy in the top five. Just I might like, bump him out of the top five at this man. point. He's such a good regular season coach, though. I know like that's not everything, but like every year they're just good in the regular season. Like they make the playoffs. Yes, that's that's true. Um, uh, so here's what yeah, I know. This is like if if players rank this, it'd probably be different. So let's go. Yeah, Bill at one, Pete at two. I'm gonna make. I, I would say I'm gonna put John Harbaugh at three. That's fair. Um, Although you know hasn't been as good lately, but yeah. Uh, I will go Peyton after that. And I'll go, okay. man. See, the, uh, yeah, no, you're, you're probably right. I'll go. I'll go. Read for now. Over. I mean, yeah. this is an overall. I yeah, probably I think you've got to factor in. We're not just talking about like yeah, yeah, 2017 season. I'd probably put Doug right behind Andy Reid right now. Man, because there's so not six. much. So that, and then you know what else we have here? So I oh, so I have to put in uh, Tomlin somewhere. So I'll put Tomlin after Doug, I guess. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, not, well, no, I, t- I, I take that back. I'll put Zimmer below Doug, even though he had yeah, one. Hand. I can't put Zimmer above Doug, especially yeah. after that. Jeez. Then, then I will go Tomlin after Zimmer because that me that sounds right. Hey, how about this? I'll even say Doug Marone fits right on Tomlin. <laughs> there you go, James Seltzer. So yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely top ten, and maybe maybe top five. In the next couple of years, and that's pretty yeah. crazy because, like, the the competition between like a Ron Rivera or a Dan Quinn, a Jay Gruden, a Bill O'Brien, this is stuff that is just constantly shoved in your face. Like these guys are actually good, and um, you know now there's going to be a lot of transitions of of coaches, and I don't know what's exactly going to happen there. I, I would assume Kyle Shanahan shoots up the ladder after this season too. But yeah, I, I it's it's kind of awesome, and there is some. I don't know. There's a little bit of a worry, too, when we say some of this stuff that, like, the next year <laughs> the, the coaches will leave or something like that. And, oh, crap, Doug isn't as good. But it, it's yeah. it really is like I and especially with this matchup coming up, uh, I go back to and I know it's just so long ago. 
But I look back at Kansas City week one, like the opening of the NFL season and what they did to a Patriots. The That Patriots team was kind of like a, hey, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. This is this is how you're going to beat them this year. Nobody exactly went back to that again. And uh, I, I got a feeling that Doug is going to absolutely use that as not necessarily just a, a complete blueprint for that, but I think there's a lot you can take out of that week one Patriots game and absolutely crush their defense. And I can't even remember what they did. What happened? Oh, they, <laughs> what happened that's what they just—I remember watching that game, but I mean, there's just so many, so much different stuff. That's the you know, Kareem Hunt came out and fumbled right away, and everybody went, "Oh, see, you know," and everybody wanted to spike the football on it. Oh, running backs are so important, huh? This class is really good, and then set a rookie record for rushing yards or whatever it is uh, during that game, or at least fantasy wise. And they just were in control that entire time. I've never seen so much like misdirection, and that's when you got Tyreek Hill for the first time involved in a lot of like short little jet sweeps he was coming out of the backfield much Kelsey like the wildcat too oh yeah just yep. a lot of a yep. lot of just random random stuff that nobody was ready for and um the, that's definitely one of the ways that i would go like yeah okay uh i i think some of that would definitely work against this and that's what gives me co- like who would you point to right now blg on the patriots defensive side and just go that's the guy because they don't have like a guy, you know. There's McCourty. There's some nice names. Or Eric Rowe, of course, Eric Rowe. the greatest corner <laughs> of all time. Uh, I'll, I'll still stand my flag down on that one. But there's not like well, that's gonna be a good matchup for you then, because he's he's their slot corner now. Yeah, so it's gonna be Nelson and Rowe. Oh God, that's gonna and that's honestly and it's a, such a mismatch. That's a terrible idea for them. So that's what yeah. I mean. Like, there's not a guy that's like I need you to go make a play. Um, and as much as we'll probably complain about Tom Brady freaking dinking and dunking at 4.5 yards per per attempt throughout the entire Super Bowl, which is the other thing that concerns me about the paper cuts and things like that, um, they the, the Eagles really have an opportunity just to blow the doors off the Patriots offensively here. I mean, um, I think the the best. I mean, like Trey Flowers is their best defensive lineman. But he's going up against Lane Johnson, so like you don't even feel like too concerned about that. Um, uh, like Gilmore on Torrey Smith probably isn't a good matchup for Torrey Smith, but like how much are you counting on Torrey Smith anyway? Devin yeah. McCourty's a, I think he's a really good player and fantastic you know, you, player. I love him. Yeah. So you're taking some of those deep shots. You have to be mindful. He's back there patrolling the field. Uh, I think Eric Rowe on, on Nelson Aguilar, yes, is a mismatch for sure because I've seen Eric Rowe in the slot and it hasn't been pretty. Yeah, he's got no reco- no recovery speed in terms of like dragging across the middle or something like that. So exactly, yeah. and I think I think Nelson, by the way, here is actually a nice like little sneaky bet for Super Bowl MVP. Oh yeah, and first touchdown. By the way, yeah, I like I like that yeah. a lot. Oh yeah, exactly. So I think that's something to watch. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the running backs are going to be key. Now you reminded me of that week one thing. Kareem Hunt obviously like, exploded in that game. I think having or not having a, a real reliable pass catching running back, like you can say, Jai's been doing some things on screens, but you know he's not like a natural pass catching running back. At least that the way that Hunt is, I think the running backs could be could be big in this game because that interior isn't awesome. Like their linebackers are really not all that great. I think they're kind of vulnerable up the middle based on what I was reading and some of the numbers I've seen. So this could be a great game to just pound, continue to pound that rock. And I wonder if that's what Doug goes with here. I I think back to. Um, when Doug Peterson and the Chiefs, they played the Patriots in New England back in uh, a couple of years ago before the Eagles hired him. And I think, at, you know, there was a, a point 
where Doug was talking in that game, like that whole that whole idea of why the the Chiefs offense slowed down at the end of that game. Everyone's like, why weren't they trying to score faster? Well, the I remember Doug explaining at the time that the strategy was to keep Brady off the field and get them into a situation where, all right, so the Patriots get the ball back with a little bit of time remaining in a the lead. They're going to run the ball. They're not going to throw it because, you know, they're going to be conservative uh, and they don't want to stop the clock. So you take the ball out of Brady's hands at that point. I think that's what, you know, this doesn't sound like rocket science here, but I think that's what Doug is going to try to do. Take it out of Brady's hands. Try to, um, try to really, you might have to try to sustain some of these long drives and, and really pound it with a Jai and maybe even blunt up the middle. And I want to see not too much of the carrot blunt in this game, unless it's working. I want to see Corey Clement. He's been effective up the middle and kind of just keep Brady off the field. I mean, that would be ideal. You look at what the Falcons did last year and they got a big lead and obviously they blew it. Everyone's been talking about how, uh, you don't see that as much with this Eagles team because their defense, they have the depth to kind of rotate in there and, you know, did they have this Eagles team even really given up like big leads? You can point to the Giants game, but that was a different team at this time. I mean, they've come so long. And I've been thinking about that, too, just even going back to that loss to the Chiefs in week two. Like Isaac Somalo was in there and he was a disaster at left guard. And, and Wiz has come in and, and it's, it's a different and Ajayi's here now since the trade deadline. Like it's yeah. a different it's a team that's evolved really over the course of the year. And. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when the Patriots lost to Jay Cutler in Miami. And that doesn't mean the Eagles are going to beat them just because they lost to Jay Cutler. But, like, is here's the thing. I guess here's what we're getting to here. Maybe we're beating around the bush. Is this the worst Patriots team to play in the Super Bowl? Well, it clearly is. It, it definitely is. And and I don't know why people are afraid to say that. It's just not – it doesn't mean they're bad either. It's just – Oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This current – Relative comparison. Yeah, this current version of the Patriots team, when you're if you're going to pick any of them that have been there, I'll pick this one. <laughs> you know, or maybe like when Tom Brady first started, even though but that defense was was just really really good too uh, when he came in for Drew Bledsoe. But yeah, I mean, even just even last year, you kind of saw that, and it's so funny that you mentioned that divisional matchup, um, and that's where. You know, a lot of us took our cues on what Doug was and and wasn't. But I mean, um, you know, who knows how much? I remember that being the big thing. Like he had the he he was in charge of the two minute drill that was really bad or whatever. And everybody's just like, oh, here I don't we even go. think it was bad. I think it was a legit strategy. Keep Brady no, off yeah. the field. I, I, just like you were saying, like it, I I didn't think uh, that was bad either. Look look at this lineup uh, that beat uh, or or you know they lost by seven points. It's twenty seven twenty. Alex Smith. You know, 29 of 50, 246 is a touchdown. Their running attack was Sharkandrick West, 17 for 61, 3.6. And then it was, you know, Alex Smith, the next leading rusher, and Niall Davis. That's that's a way different football team. Uh, they're they're receivers, and you always forget about this too. Jason Avant was playing in that game. Jason Avant wow. was their leading wide receiver in, in terms of yardage with a four four sixty nine, which is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then again, just you know, Albert Wilson was still there. Chris Connolly was his rookie year. Travis Kelsey was nothing in that game, and I think that's a point that Bill Belichick made. He was six for twenty three. Uh, Jeremy Macklin was useless, two for twenty three. Yeah, he was hurt. I remember. Uh, and really. It just kind of came down to, to the, the Patriots being the Patriots there. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, 
there are there are definite ways to lose this game. The funny thing that I keep coming back to is like, who is because Belichick for the longest amount of time has always said, "I'm going to take out your best player and I'll just have you beat me in the way that I want you to try and beat me." I don't know who that is. I don't know what you do. I don't know if it's just, okay, Alshon's not going to beat us, or Nelson Aguilar, or we're going to make Nick Foles do that, or Jay is not going to run, or this or this or that. The beauty of the way that Doug's offense has been set up is the things that we've all talked about this entire year. There isn't a 1,000-yard wide receiver, but there's three of them with 800 yards and seven-plus touchdowns. And it, it's just kind of wherever they're trying to dictate – uh, to make you go, he's going to do the opposite thing, or at least it's certainly felt that way. And those first 15, the first 20 plays usually tell you how the, how that start is going to go and how that game is going to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm more excited about watching this game than I am about the nerves of it. And that'll probably change in a week because I'm, like I said, I'm still enjoying the, the moment here, BLG. But uh, yeah, it, it is kind of amazing what is the differences that have just happened with the with the Patriots and it's all kind of coming to a head and I get the feeling that this is it for pretty much all of them you know I don't I don't think that Bill or Tom really want to do much more like how do you come back from we're on the doorstep one more time I really do think Belichick wants to retire or move head head somewhere else I don't maybe that's just me but um uh, yeah, I feel like they're on the the edge of of wanting wanting to be done, not like done done, but wanting to be done. Yeah, well, what do you do if you lose to Nick Foles at that point? Like, <laughs> yeah, just like, like all right, fine, all right. Uh, I guess we're just going to come <laughs> back next year and try to win it again. Um, but that's weird too, because you know you look at all those moves they had this off season and all that weird stuff, like of them being on like just. You know, it was untypical for them. They're being very aggressive and with all those trades and and everything. It's yeah, they're in a weird spot, I guess, in some ways. I mean, at the same time, like, is it shocking? Like, if they all return, I mean, no. There's like, there's an avenue avenue for that, right? Like, no, I wouldn't be like shocked by that either. Up. Like, yeah. they can just come back, right? Um, I don't know though. It's it's definitely weird. I, I think things get definitely get. That's the thing. Like I think things definitely get weird if they lose this game. Like I think that, I think at that point there are those questions and 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 turmoil and and everything. And honestly, that would be very that would make the Super Bowl win even sweeter. Like yes. All right, Eagles win the Super Bowl with their backup quarterback against the Patriots, and then a couple weeks later, or you know, we're we're hearing talk about like how Bell. Belichick wants out or Brady wants out or something and then the whole organization just crumbles and that could be that would be the legacy of that 2017 <laughs> Eagles team too the team that knocked off the Patriots and like just did, like ended their dynasty and and like that would be incredible that would add just another layer onto the greatness of what this year could be and I keep coming back to just from an Eagles perspective like if the Eagles win with Nick Foles at quarterback I mean, what are you like? Good luck, rest of the NFL when Carson Wentz comes oh, back. Jesus, like, that's what feel, I keep like, thinking. Too. That's terrifying. That's yeah. a terrifying thought if you're another team, especially if you're in the division here and you're like, "Oh crap, man!" Now we have to deal with this. Yeah, with Doug there and and Wentz and like like what do we do? And like we we kind of made fun of the Cowboys for saying that because Zeke and Dak are going to be around for a long time, right? But 
it's different because Jason Garrett, you know, we are we we knew all along that he wasn't actually that good of a coach. Where Doug Peterson is doing special things that I think are definitely you can point to him and say that he's you know he's no Jason Garrett. By well, and there's means. special players here too. That's the yeah. difference I think is, and I'm not. You know, however you feel about, I mean, I personally hate Zeke's guts. I think he is on the field at least towards a special player he's just an it's very talented no doubt he's a douchebag and that's why it's so easy to hate him Um, and he's fat he's fat uh i would say that they have a good and great offensive line i'm fine with admitting that but in terms of like special players there isn't that you know the cowboys yeah yeah yeah, there isn't like a wow this thing really brings them all together you look towards the head coach and now i'm bringing these guys up because this is the most baffling thing that i saw yesterday blg i am so comfortable with saying that this eagles team is so far ahead of the rest of the division and 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 it's so weird how the mirror image just flipped on itself just like you said because this team this team did just win a divisional playoff run but they also just spanked like the the best team in the nfc crush them and they've beaten the playoff teams this season handily they beat the falcons they beat carolina they beat the rams they beat you know minnesota and and that's with damaged people with not their main starters just like we're saying so i'm so confident just like you are that this is the beginning of something and not just the end this is the this is the first first shot to cross the bow here the fact that the dallas cowboys on the most important week of football evaluations are not down there. Their coaches did not go to the oh, that senior was amazing. bowl. And, and I, I'm just blown away by like, are you kidding me? The reason was they want to stay and look back at the tape of their own guys and get better evaluations of them. How do you Dude. not know that at this point? How do you not know what you do and do not have and what you need? Dude. Dave Mangles had like a really good tweet. <laughs> There's like a really good tweet he had about that. Um, he, someone, I think, responded to him. He was or someone that. So like Dave kind of shared that, um, and our, our good friend Anthony, that's log log underscore underscore off on Twitter, was saying uh, the Cowboys don't actually scout. And their roster is paper thin. Could there be a link there? And then Dave said, worth looking into instead of going to the combine this year. So that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like the, the, the process of a lot of the things that they take. And um, this season started with a coin flip, man. It's so yeah. weird. It's so weird. And against the Vikings. <laughs> against the Vikings. And they won it. And um James talks about Howie Roseman owning Rick Spielman's soul. I mean, geez. Like took it to a next level. How did that feel when Derek Barnett stripped Case Keaton? Oh, How did that feel? Oh man. There's more to come. They still owe a draft pick <laughs> yeah. to the Eagles. Like, that's yeah. the best thing. Uh and yeah, and they're always more. I will say, um I'm I'm gonna close out with a with a couple of different things here. I understand where a lot of Minnesota fans have come from this week. They're not used to it. However, uh, a couple of things as we're getting into the, the the tail end of this is, one, I don't, like it's not a, to me it is not like, well, what did you expect? To me it is, you generalize this entire fan base for three days. Went out of e- their way to do it. On exactly what you thought was going to happen, and then they made you feel <laughs> like that same thing. So you can't just turn around and then go, I am I am appalled. I have never seen 
a worse crybaby fan base. Soft. Uh, and I, I usually don't say this about any fan base because in 2008, I mean, I got beer dumped on my freaking head going to a championship game uh, against the Cardinals. I didn't judge the entire fan base on it. I go, oh, okay, they're really excited to be here. Guy in your new Matt Leinart shirt who's not even really playing. <laughs> like, I get, I'm like, all right, you're excited. I, I don't even have time for it because I'm excited too. I get all this stuff. And then here's what bothers me the most. The, the Vikings fans that go, well, we raised money for the Saints punter, therefore nullifying how good your fan base is. <laughs> on on what planet do we have to prove that we're better or worse people based on monetary charities? Like, I, I, I have seen this community do so much for itself. I've seen uh, the great stories which get lost in this season, too. Like the Dutch Destroyer, we all yeah. rallied around that. And what a great yeah. story that still is. And how we uh, just, you know. It, literally all the, all the different things like the, the the sign battle back and forth between Cowboys and Eagles fans during training camp and it, it was unfortunate that one of the one of the pilots went down while trying to have a little fun and we all rallied around that and be like hey let's shake hands this is ridiculous or whatever like I don't understand the, the well we donated to this person's charity and therefore and and now the reaction to that is like well let's show them that we're not just a-holes and let's raise money for this other charity that's going on there's there's it's a great gesture there's no need for it based on that like i'm i i know that this city gets together when everybody's in trouble or when somebody needs help or when there's a disaster that strikes or just keeping things moving along that should be paying attention to you don't have to prove anything to anybody philadelphia that's that's my last point here blg so to that point too you know it's funny the eagles played a playoff game last week against the falcons did we hear a single peep out of a falcons not a word not a word no so I, I, I get there probably wasn't as much Falcons fans because, you know, not the same kind of fan base Atlanta, not exactly known as being the most passionate sports town. But still, like there was not a peep out of Vikings fans. I think part of it really is the whole, you know, it was in their stadium and they're a tortured fan base. I get it. And there are a ton of cool Vikings fans out there, man. The guys at Daily Wolfman do a great job. Yeah. They have like the most comments of any Espionation blog, I think. Like they have a great community there. Arif is there. Our good Carson Wentz hater friend. Yeah. yeah. He's a really nice guy. Andy Carlson, um, like, we've been, been d- 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 yes. talking about the whole time. Like he's great. They're all fantastic people. But. But like, just the, they're so soft and lame. Aggressively lame is the the way I said it. Like, you were talking about it. None of that was provoked from us. We weren't like saying shit to Vikings fans. We don't care about them. Like, I I still don't care about them. Um, but like for whatever reason, and now they're doing all this dumb stuff like the Uber thing. Like they're gonna sign up to be Uber drivers and which, drop Eagles, I, which is like a illegal. And also the dumbest way to try and trick somebody because hello. <laughs> You know what route you're taking as soon as you step into one. And you have yeah. Google Maps in case you're worried about it. Like, I don't know if we're and, in the right place. Excuse and me, as sir. You pointed out, if you, um, you know, if you say, let me out of the car, and they don't, I mean, at that point, they can get arrested because they're falsely imprisoning you. So, like, like Great it's idea. dumb, man. They're, it's just very dumb. I've gotten so many emails. I think at least, like, 10 or 15 emails from Viking fans, like just long letters too about like, Oh, you guys have no class. And it's not like they're not even unintelligent emails and like cursing at me. They're just like, just so long. And I just like instantly, like I can't, I don't have the time for that. Are you kidding me? Especially everything going on now. So, 
Yeah, I totally feel that. And the other thing I wanted to say before we wrap up is uh, to your point about this is a long term thing. Like Howard Roseman didn't build this team to win now. In terms, like it wasn't like he didn't sell all out to win now. Is that that wasn't it? Like before the season. One of the people who didn't see a Super Bowl coming this year was Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, the way he kind of oh yeah, he hedged his bet early in the season. He wasn't saying like this is you know the year we get it. He was kind of like you know we want to build to win now and also for the future. He wasn't all in like this wasn't an all in kind of deal. And look, I know they they don't have a ton of cap space, but that's because they have a young core locked in here. Like that was the goal when they did that last off season when signing. Fletcher Cox and Lane Johnson and all those guys. And you have, um, you don't have the most draft picks because they don't have a day two pick right now. Uh, but they could because that's that's one of the things I think I'm excited about this team looking forward is that you can trade Nick Foles for maybe a second a day round a day two pick yeah. know, second or third something in there so you you get someone in the first at 32 yeah that's all right and <laughs> then you get someone you know like you can bring more talent in here which Joe Douglas is still here you're probably not losing any of the coaching staff or at least not much of it we'll see what happens with Flip still we'll see what happens with anyone else. But for the most part, you know, you're going to keep the same coaching staff. Carson Wentz is going to be back. Apparently, you know, Mike Garofalo said he's ahead of schedule and everything. That's great. We'll see how that goes. Like this thing, that's where my mind is at. Like if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, you're going to hear me say next on oh, the Super yeah. Bowl recap. Because like that's the next thing, man. Because you're getting Carson Wentz back. At that point, the Eagles win. And, you know, in some ways, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl and they go 0-16 next year, I'm gonna be okay with that. Like I would, we would, I, we would all treat like we would pass. all take that, right? Like, yeah, I, I um, yeah. It's that's the other that's the other question that I I kind of like asked myself. I was like, all right, if they let's say I, they win one, what what do I want after that? <laughs> it's but, all we've asked but, for, so now I don't know. But I mean, the ideal is like dynasty at that point. Like let's let's go again. Why not? The, like you said, the, a lot of these guys, the coaching staff, all that's still going to be here. You have Carson; he's going to be around for a long time. Like that's that's on the table at this point. If Doug is as good as we truly think he is, and if Carson is, I mean, that's and the coaching staff and all that. That's that's and the and the personnel dynasty is not out of the table. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Win one first, but yeah, that's the next thing. That is the next thing for this team if they win, and that's what I think we will be talking about to some extent after this Super Bowl. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with that. So. Uh We'll, uh, well, hopefully they can uh, they can win this first one, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, by the way, um, I haven't even told BLG this because this is this is hot off the press, but we will have Uh-oh. a big major watch party. It will oh. it will be a ticketed event, but I promise it'll be worth it because it's at a really awesome venue in Philadelphia. As soon as we have all the details. We will get them out there to you, but it will be in the city. Uh, it will be together with WIP, uh, and there's you know going to be that. I think we're going to be dueling radio and uh, and Facebook Live and a bunch of other different stuff. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that, and we will have tickets for you guys too. One to give away, and two for some of our Patreon subscribers that I know are flying out, and some of you that have asked about him coming from Australia or the UK or wherever you're flying in from. Uh, uh, we will reserve tickets for you for that event if you are traveling 
uh, for uh, a very uh, a very long distance because we don't want you to shut out just to just to have you come and uh, and hang out with us. But we will figure all of that stuff out. Um, it's about a two thousand person uh, seater, so it should be enough for everybody to come hang out and uh, watch the Super Bowl with us. Very exciting things along the way. I can't believe that this season. Oh, real quick, BLG. Uh, what is your? What do you think is the, the the number one? The worst take you had this season that came that was untrue that came true. My worst take, personally. Yeah. Well, besides the Nick Foles thing, <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, yeah, we can leave Nick Foles off the table because both you and I were pretty much on the same wavelength of what was going. I mean, who the hell thought he was going to do that? First of all, uh, but we yeah, gave. I, I want to say we did give credit where it was due. We're not just hating, and obviously, if you're trying to hate on this point, I don't really know what you're trying to do. But uh, yeah, besides the full stuff, I guess going back from last year. I mean, I was at one point. I pretty much said Nelson Aguilar wasn't an NFL player, and yeah. I believe at the time that he wasn't. Like he was really bad. He really was like really, really, really bad at that point last year. But that didn't age well because he's become quite quite the player. And I guess, and I was even, I've been thinking all season, I need to go back and kind of old takes, expose myself on that and kind of yeah. do a post on him. I can't just do it on him though at this point because there's been so many people who have done it. But yeah, I think I have to take the L, obviously on Nelson. Yeah, I think the two, the two worst ones, uh, I had a moment of weakness during the Giants game. And I oh, said, we all did. And I said, well, sure. I said, that was a fun run. Go Sixers. Cause I just, oh, thought, yeah, I said that too. I was just like, Trust all right, me. well, this is, everything's kind of falling apart. The seams here, even though I was like, Foles working out the freaking defense is going off and then flip flopped and whatever. Uh, and the cut in there, I'm going to say, that's okay. Like that's part of be, watching sports. You say irrational stuff during a game. Sometimes like you can't be like stuff that said in game irrationally can't always be like held against you. <laughs> and like, as a oh, I don't even care. Right? That's, fun, to say that. that's fine. That's uh, that's, that's my moment of weakness. And I would say pretty much every single one and i know i'm not the only one in but like to a to a disastrous defense of patrick robinson is so bad guys and just i was like no there is no way that this guy is going to be like that and there is mentioned somewhere out there before the season even started i mean we were saying things like oh well i guess it's gonna be 14 nothing if he's playing and starting on the outside and stuff like that so that was I want to take a little win on that one, not because yeah. like I believed him super much, but I remember I remember this having this conversation so much with you and James, and you were like, "You got to get Rizul Douglas out there. You just got to play him. You got to get him reps <laughs> because yeah. you know this team isn't going to be built to win anyway." And it wasn't like I was the biggest Patrick Robinson guy, but I was like, you know, if he earns the job, like if if I, I think I phrased it like if Rizul Douglas doesn't clearly beat him out, like go with the veteran and make Rizul earn it. So that's. I wanted. I've been thinking about that a while. Yep. I was like, "That's my thing." Like, I want rookies to have to earn it, and if there's a veteran guy, he gets the benefit of the doubt, and then until he sucks or he loses his job. But man, Patrick Robinson, unsung hero of this season, right? I mean, I don't even guy, think it's unsung just, anymore. I think it's just sung. Well, yeah, at this point, he's he's <laughs> so uh, crazy. He should have been a Pro Bowler, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He really should have. So I'm uh, glad to eat a lot of crow. I'm sure there's some other bad ones that are in there too. Oh, oh, Doug. The reason why I brought it up is because. I made fun of PFF for having the Eagles offensive line number one in yeah. the preseason ranks. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You know, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not down on the offensive line much like you weren't. But uh, that was all coming off of like Kelsey B 
being all banged up. It didn't have even a, the proper starting left guard in yeah, there. Barber was in there at left guard. <laughs> just going like, listen, I know that there's some talented pieces here, but you're crazy and listed a whole bunch of others, which coincidentally all fell apart this year. So it's so amazing. This offensive line is so fucking good, and I can't believe it. I'm proud to be wrong at that. Best uh, in NFL history. Yeah, best in, the best That's in NFL history. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's coming, but they still can't stop it, baby. How about that? <laughs> uh, some some people get that joke. He blocked me, by the way, for, for bringing that really? up. Really? Yeah, he did. Like, he almost instantly oh, and deleted yeah. the tweet. Uh, and it's sad because I love, I love Evan, and I don't know why he yeah, did that. Yeah, good guy. Um, but uh, that being said, BLG, I've had a, a very pleasurable uh, Wednesday night with you, sir. And uh, thank you to everybody out there for tuning in and listening. This has been BGN Radio 296 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. We'll see you guys. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and a Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinero. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Locus, cake with baking soda. Cake for soldiers moving weight from Maine to Nova Scotia. We bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain to mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear the loud. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep in pain. You eat the sheep or shit, be scared and cut. Okay, tell me why pepperoni pizza is the standard classic and why it should remain as such. Um, it's just the way to go. It's there's, there's a good amount of, like, people always say it's spicy to me. I don't think of that as spicy, but there's a good level of, like, I get there's a good level enough of heat to it. Um, Wait, people don't just, like pepperoni pizza because it's too spicy? Is that a thing? No, I don't know. I don't know if it's too spicy, but I do think people describe it that way. It's like, oh, you know, spicy yeah. pepperoni. Like, I don't think of pepperoni as spicy. Like, I get what they're saying. It's not like a mild deli meat compared to like some other ones. If you want to compare it, but I don't know, man. I think pepperoni is pretty standard. I, I mean, if you get plain, though, I can't. I, I think, think I'm out I on so. plain. I think I'm out on plain pizza. Like, I understand why people plain. people do it. I'm saying like. I don't want it in the mix when we're like, hey, guys, what what, what should we get for pizzas? Ooh, Unless you're no. tasting it for the very first time, which we did. Well, it uh, depends how many you have, too. Like, if you have, like, a lot of pizzas, I think you need a plane. If there's, like, a lot, like, you're getting, like, a lot of pizzas, I think you got to have a plane in there. I disagree. I think wow. it can be all over the place. <laughs> I think you should have... I think you should have a pepperoni pizza. I think you should have just oh, you have one, to, one yeah. with vegetables all over it if you want that. I think you need a supreme. I think you need a white pizza. I think you need a, uh, you know, like a, a meat lovers or a random chicken bacon ranch. Like that doesn't happen at parties. Get more flavorful with the pizzas at the parties. <laughs> you know, it's not like, well, I know everybody will eat plain and pepperoni. Yeah, take a risk is all I'm asking. Take a risk. Yeah, and, but you got to have pepperoni. Like oh, you yeah. can't be I mean, you can't be showing up to like some party correct. with only like white pies. Like what is that? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying in the mix of it. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but like you can do away with a just a regular cheese pie, you know. I know the only reason why we get cheese regular plain is because dietary purposes or somebody doesn't like anything and is very boring person. Uh, I like like a plain slice, like like I'd, I'd rather six. eat like a lot of like pepperoni. But then like if there's extra, like you know, someone like if I'm out to dinner even with someone and who can't like eat their full plain, and I get a slice of that, like then I, I like kind of like that after I have my pepperoni. <laughs> a nice a nice dessert treat. Yeah, uh, exactly. right after. <laughs> All right, I get that.